0: Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 6, Episode 7, er, 8, 9? Uh, I think it's 7. No, it's 8. A Big Crab or something. The book, Planet of Twilight, by Barbara Hambly. The year, 1997. Chapters 13 and 14, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Drive me to Tate Oh, my jerk-off motion is one of the endless. I mean, or, you know, you can just cover R2-D2 in flesh. <laughs> and welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe Novel Discussion Podcast. Yay! Where I've still got to clear my throat and it's gross and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. You should be sorry. Yep. So uh, I'm Jeff. That's John right over there. Yeah. <clears throat> and John, how are you? Uh, I am being barely propped up by too much energy drink. That was, uh, what'd you get, the silo this time? I got the, the missile. The silo is the four times. Okay. You do what that silo. There's the, the two-serving can, mm-hmm. the three-serving missile, and then the four-serving silo. Right. We've had this conversation. The silo I don't think is... I've seen the silo in a while. It's hard to find the silo. Most... It might be banned because it is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I think if they were to re-release the silo, they'd have to do so with a flared base for reasons. <laughs> uh, uh, so well, waiting... The big problem is the silo doesn't have a resealable top. I'm uh, like, you got four fucking servings in this and I can't save it for later. You're supposed to buy the silo to share it amongst a group. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going in there and I'm like, hey, boys, get your cups ready. Come along, fellows. We want to see what this looks like outside the can. Like, honestly, do you have any idea? Which one did you get? Rockstar? I got monster. Do you know what color monster is when it's not in the can? Yeah, it's sort of like like piss. <laughs> this is kind of piss <laughs> color. I had that problem. Was I? I mean, I was young. I was like twenty-five or something. But I, a- <laughs> I had that problem where my piss looked like Monster Energy drink. <laughs> no, where I ordered a vodka and Red Bull, uh-huh. and I was amazed to see what Red Bull looks like. Yeah, because I had never thought to pour it out of a can. Before Just sort I- of slightly yellow. Yeah, anywhere but into my mouth. And I was so I was like, hey, that's piss colored. I guess I guess everyone does that. Then no one no one wants to see this stuff. No, I think at one point there may have been an energy drink that was like. Green tinged. I thought. Oh, it was the. It was actually the Mountain Dew one. Oh yeah. Mountain yeah, yeah. Dew has Kickstart, and I was like, Oh, look, you made it green. Good for you. The other one, I don't know what it looks like uh, in- outside the bottle. Is Five Hour Energy Drink. I assume it looks like the goop they rub on a belly before they do a sonogram. <laughs> it's like a thick clear serum. Mmm, a thick clear serum. That's <laughs> Wait a what a minute, I've that's got. A, that's a Harrison Ford movie. <laughs> 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 Sir, these terrorists represent a thick, clear serum to our way way of life. My God, get them off my plane! My plane. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we're still talking Planet of Twilight, we're but still, Lord knows, s- still waiting for anything to happen. Well, no, there's. There's weirdly forward motion in one of the two chapters today. Yeah, not the first one though. The first one makes a attempt at forward motion. You think it's it's going (laughs) to scurries back to its room? It is almost as bad as the Han Solo takes off, leaving the droids from last episode. I'm like, you motherfucker! You horrible! Like, plot development (laughs) cocktease. You're like, it's gonna happen. No, it isn't. And that is what chapter 13 is. Chapter 13 is just plot blue balls. People are now starting to tweet at us that they'd be okay with it if we stopped reviewing this book. But we won't. You were so angry that we got to do a good book. And you're like... Oh, I don't want to listen to you review a good book. You should go back to bad ones. I think we got like less than two complaints to that effect. Well, fuck them. Everyone pays for their price. <laughs> I think most people were actually really happy reviewing a good book because we were really happy all the way through, and it showed in the and the quality of the podcast. Uh... Uh, but but no, in this one we're just trudging, <laughs> just right along with the book, just holding hands. Oh, we're just we're sad and moving slowly, like. Kids who live in a neighborhood where the houses are too far apart on Halloween. It's like telling your four-year-old they can dress themselves that morning. It's going to take a while before yeah. anything constructive happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, chapter 13 opens with Princess Lylea. Princess Lylea? Princess Lylea. Oh my god, we're back to the Crystal Star. Crystal Star was pretty much Lylea, wasn't it? It was Lylea. Lylea. And this is my Wookiee. Chukabra. Chupacabra. Chupa cabra. Gay Ahab. And this is a Wookiee. Gay Ahab. I really want to see what she was like hurriedly looking around when she decided on that name. <laughs> you know, like there was like a picture of a gay dude on the wall. Just <laughs> looks over, sees a rainbow, looks over, sees a whale. Uh gay, gay Ahab. Gay Ahab. Are you sure you don't want to change that and look in the other direction in the room? Nope, we're sticking with it. Not, we're good. It's, I mean, it's just the Wookiee's name. Who cares? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Ask him if it's his name. Uh, is your name Gay Ahab? <laughs> See? Yeah, he said yes, probably. Yeah, that's probably uh, yes. Uh, I don't know. What, what are you going to do well, about you it? You don't know. No one knows. God knows I don't. <laughs> so, Although that's better than if she was like, the name is uh, bite fronta <laughs> well, she's she's looking around the room and she sees she sees Han Solo just chewing on gums she's like chew <laughs> and then a Bacta to tank Bacta. to his, his name's Chubakta well, now I know what my next Star Wars MMO character is going to be named. Yeah, you're going to make the medic and name him Chubakta? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but are you going to play a Star Wars MMO? Because that game is very out of date at this point. I mean, I already had a Bacta meme uh, healer anyway. Oh, the- themed? Like, he wasn't memed as in uh, named after one of the characters from... No, no, but he had yeah. a stupid, like, back-to-pun. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so, uh... Like, you know, back-to-basics, or yeah, back-to-that-ass-up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great name. It's the kind of name you'd hope to see in City of Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. in peace. Anyway, Leia, at the beginning of Chapter 13, she has managed to escape from her the clutches of her little room and the and the sweet blossom drug that had been drugging her for so long, and now she is free to wander the the sunlit corridors of Seti Ashgad's mansion. Indeed. And uh, she's got, you know, some plans to like maybe get out of here. Yep, yep. She's going to maybe get out of here <coughs> if she can figure out a way to do so. So, how does she do that? Well, she goes into a. Well, first she goes into a, What is that? Did she go to Legaeus's room? What room does she end up in? Uh, Seti Ashgad's. So, she goes into Seti Ashgad's room. And Seti Ashgad's had a fancy computer installed. Yeah, I mean, now, just so you know, when we say she goes to Seti Ashgad's room, this is about after four pages of the book going like, oh, and Leia looked around and thought, my goodness, what a place. Beldorian probably lives over in this part of the mansion, for it smells like a fart. And over here, a wall. Let me describe the wall to you. The paint was drying. Let's watch. It is a little bit on the wheel spinny side. Uh, but then again, that's been the whole book. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is basically just her going, oh, okay, let me, let's see, I'll describe the window for a page. And you're like, my dude, it's cool. You don't need to do this. We've also got a couple of big old $5 words scattered in there here and there in this in these two chapters, plus some ludicrously bad editing. Yeah. There's a line in, in, this, in this chapter where Leia waked up from something. Oh, yeah, she waked up. Yeah. I think I might have waked up earlier. I was like, come <laughs> yeah, on. Well, you're a five year old. I waked up. Was this book edited by a bunch of people? It's owned by Disney. <laughs> well, they didn't edit it. That's true. You think they go back in and fix it now? Nah. But anyway, uh, so she's wandering around this slow, boring house. And she's like, ooh, you know what I need to do? Is remember the uh, advice that Luke gave me. Uh, your eyes will deceive you, so don't trust them. Use your other senses. Yeah, don't trust your eyes, because they're the first thing to lie to you. Yeah, and then don't trust your ears, because they're the second thing to lie to you. <laughs> and then don't trust me, because I'm the third thing to lie to you. And then don't trust Italians. <laughs> well, because they're the fourth thing? No, because they're Italians. Uh, Italians. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Luke's one thing. Yeah, but uh, she's like, okay, all right, I gotta... I got to get it together. I'm going to gather up the force around me and try to figure out what's going on without looking around. And so she can hear like Beldorion talking to his chef. Oh, yeah, because he's got some glut mites or something. Yeah. And he's eating some, I don't know, bugs that are being tortured into being bigger, weirder bugs. Yeah. So, you know, his chef's like, oh, well, the the secret is this weird. A goop I put them in, and they'd never be near that goop normally. Yeah, it's a Haldeman extract, he says, in weirdly Kubaz French, uh, which is, he's like, normally these things are from different sectors, but it turns out that when you expose a glutmite to this goop, it gets all kinds of freaked out or something, and that makes it delicious. Yeah, and so then she's like, oh, and I can hear him crunching and slurping on some stuff, but also I hear the sad plaintive chirping of little animals and i'm like yeah you hear some bugs getting eaten it's fine it's not a big deal no one ever said the glut mites were sentient also fucking (laughs) leia you're not a vegan get over it yeah you already ate a big chunk of that blueberry bug two chapters ago we know we know you don't care we get it we know yeah so anyway yeah he's over there being gross and eating huge bugs and his kubaz is explaining it uh and then she's she sneaks into seti ashgad's room no sign of Dazim. yeah and there's There's a little break in here, which I love, where she just starts thinking about Beldorion. No, oh, that's when she before she goes down the stairs, right? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we should talk about that after the computer bit, but sure, it's fine. No, I'll, I'll get to it then. Yeah. But it's just so stupid. Yeah. So she goes to the computer, and she basically just uses Seti Ashgad's computer to just Google up everything he's been doing. Yeah. It's like, all right, uh, do a search for evil plans. Mm-hmm. Hit print. And that was it. Oh, they were in the folder marked tax stuff. (laughs) Homework, and it was 80 gigabytes? That's weird. (laughs) How come your homework folder is password locked? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's where I keep my evil porn. (laughs) My my evil, hollow, fake porn. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, he, he pretty much just has all of his plans written down, including, like, speeches that he's given to people? Like, his evil speeches are all on record? I love that she's like, oh, yeah, and I just went in and printed out, like, evil plan dot doc and out came a thing where he's like, all right, so what I'm going to do is leave a paper trail mm-hmm. in my computer for, all right, so I got to pay this guy to kidnap princess Leia. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put it down as like services rendered. I'm going to put it down as, all right, this is for kidnapping. Yeah. this is for extortion. I got to talk to Senator Q Varg because I'm half bribing and half threatening him. All right. This is the money to pay off Q Varg to poison a guy right down in bold poison so that I remember what I'm spending this on. I should probably put my initials in a date by that. (laughs) I love that he was just like, no, I need to meticulously put in plain English, just everything that I'm going to do. Well, I love this because we've spent like nine chapters watching Princess Leia just sort of doodle around in a hotel room and try to solve the mystery yourself by looking out a window. Oh, yeah. And she's then, like, I'll use all the powers of being high and sitting outside. And then fi- you can tell that basically the author has no interest whatsoever in the actual plot of the story. Because when we finally get to it, when, when the Bugs Meenie's evil plan is revealed, it's just that he... Typed down all of his evil crap on a computer and left it in a room. <laughs> evil to do list. Yeah, take over sector, <laughs> turn this planet into a strip mine. So it turns out that he's in cahoots with the Lorinar Corporation, which is uh, yet another example or, or opportunity to remind us that synthroids have meat on them. Yeah, because because Lord, Lord knows for thirteen chapters in, it's unlikely that anyone's figured that shit out yet. Yeah, and no, we got to know that synthroids normally could. Have like their their synth flesh has sort of an antibody thing to it that can get rid of infection. Yeah, they're usually immune to disease because they're just some meat on. Uh, they're just a, <laughs> a, a, they're just shawarma kebabs walking around. Basically, they're just they're just meat on a big metal rotating cone. Yeah, um, they're, they're just Brazilian barbecue with an AI. Yeah, they're churrascarias. <laughs> <laughs> just meat on sticks. They're just corn dogs, uh, but. But apparently they're corn dogs that are unlike real corn dogs are not rife with disease most of the time <laughs> <laughs> uh so she uh she finds all of this and prints it out and I do love that they have like she needs it to be able to be printed out for some reason mm-hmm. but she's like, oh yeah, paper doesn't exist. this is Star Wars all right, he has a printer full of. Fucking plastic, Flims plast. flimsy plastic, flimsy plastic plastic on a way worse term than paper because it tells you it's flimsy in there. Like so, well, yeah, it's just what is this? Oh, it's like if paper was made of plastic. Okay, great, thanks. That would not survive a run through a marketing department. If you were to say, "What, what are we going to call f- paper from now on? How about flimsy paper?" <laughs> they'd be like, they'd be like, the marketers would be no, like, "I'm sorry, that's already taken by the papacy." <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, take that! I'm a Catholicism babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's it's time for some Protestant stuff in this bitch. <laughs> uh, Quicken your Lutheranism all over everything. <laughs> I got ninety nine feces, but a bitch ain't one. <laughs> Uh, we already had that argument today about whether Jesus produced loaves and fish or loaves and fishes. Well, he didn't produce either. He did multiply fish, though. Yeah, but but whenever I read that particular parable, in, in like in Sunday school and so on, it's always that he fed four or five thousand people with loaves and fishes. Nope. Indicating that he had a variety of species of fish. Several different fish. Or that he provided them with a bunch of loaves and then he went fishing. Yeah. He he fed them with loaves and fishes. Look at him. He fishes. He's a fisher of men. (laughs) So anyway, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so, she, she said, but yeah, if you call it paper flimsy paper, the marketing department would be like, "No, we can't call it that. People are going to think it's weak and pointless because it's got flimsy in the title. Why don't you put in tough paper? We'll <laughs> tough call, pape. We'll, we'll call it. We'll call it ruggy. Look, Welcome to rugged mark three. I'll give you a ruggy paper. It's called ruggy paper now. That's our new word for paper. This is matte black tactical ruggy paper. <laughs> I'm oh. Ty Burrell for Ruggy Paper <laughs> for men only. <laughs> <laughs> is, is your masculinity flimsy? Well, our paper isn't. <laughs> it's got a picture of a mustache on every page. <laughs> it ruins whatever you're trying to print. Try new Ruggy Paper. It's all. It's basically sandpaper. <laughs> it is sandpaper. <laughs> But so anyway, she prints out, like, 500 pages of secret documents onto flimsy plast. Yeah, which, again, why would you have that? I mean, if paper doesn't exist in this universe, it's because you have, like, those tablets. It's the same thing, like, when you're playing fucking Sabacc and every card is its own little, like, tablet. You don't need to have a printer that prints, like, directly onto plastic. You just go... Oh, yeah, we live in a universe where everything is done with, like, digital transfers. I'll just put it on this thing. Yeah, Star Wars never really was about that, though. There isn't really a scene in Star Wars up until that sabacc, uh And in in Solo, they use paper Sabac cards. Uh, there, uh, there really isn't a point where Luke, like, pulls out a dingle hopper from his pocket and, like, looks at it and goes like, ah, yes, and then scrolls on it and stuff. That's just that's just not an aspect of Star Wars. No, nah, man. You always had to go to, like, some panel somewhere. Yeah, and then press a bunch of 70s buttons. That, or you had a droid tell it to you. Exactly. Because instead of an e-reader, you have a droid that follows you around. What it should be is that you, if you have a computer with a printing machine, the, the printing machine prints a small droid. Like <laughs> yeah, a, it's like a 3D a, printer. Yeah, it 3D prints a little droid that you, that you just pick up and take with you. And the droid, you're like, droid, what does it say? Beepity boop. My yeah. evil plans are to kill everyone. Yeah, Beepity boop. Hologram. <laughs> <laughs> Landshark. So, uh, anyway, th- once she's done getting all the evil plans, she tucks them into her shirt or something, and then she continues to wander the halls, worried that Dazim might spot her. Yeah, she also looks up the floor plan and is like, okay, uh, the elevator in here down to the garage mm. is locked. Yeah. So, I have to find a different way down, and there is a stairwell through some, like, hidden room... That doesn't normally get used, and that will go down to the garage, so I can use that instead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we should probably finish off what she finds in the in the flimsy blast crap. All We 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 determined for sure that Seti Ashgad is basically threatening the Republic to... He's going to murder all the Republic, uh, on, 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 people on ships and bases, with the Death Seed, and that Dazim has full and total control over the Death Seed. Yeah, I mean... His whole plan is basically to sell out the system to the like moth gentilis, yeah, Gattels. and uh, he's like, okay, we'll do this, and if you help us get control of the sector, I'll kick the rebellion out with death seed, and then also you get like first pick of the profits from strip mining this planet. Yeah, well, the planet's covered with those smoky crystals that the Lorinar Corporation needs to make their CCIR fighters and their synthroids. Yeah, and so they th- need the new Empire guy to blow up the cannons that are there. Yeah, so it's all a big plot to get the Empire uh, and Lorinar Corporation down to this planet so they can have all the crystal gems that are all over it. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what's going on. Anyway, yeah, she sneaks into an a, a old disused room and then gets ready to go down a staircase, but before but then she realizes, oh no, there's no light in this staircase. And that's when she has a memory of talking to Bel Dorion one day because we just add that she went to lunch with him once. Oh yeah. There's the weird part about it is it does go, Oh yeah, at one point I was having lunch with Bel Dorion because I I guess I accepted another uh, invitation from him even though I was already told not to, and mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hmm, yes, try these spiders. I made them really jealous of each other. <laughs> it makes them especially delicious. But Beldorion apparently told her that true Jedi can see in the dark. What a weirdly specific conversation to have. Yeah, it's a very strange thing to be like, look, I've only ever seen Beldorion twice, but in one of them, he told me that Jedi could see in the dark. Yeah. And that the true masters like Yoda and whatever the other people are. One of them was one that I've done a a Uh, Nomi Sunrider. I've done a bonus episode on Nomi Sunrider before. She's the bard one. Yeah, and he was like, ooh, what they could do is get a piece of metal and make it glow so that everyone else who couldn't see in the dark could see. Yeah, but specifically, it was that he had been taken to, during his training, taken to a variety of all dark planets where he had to, like, do laps and stuff. Yeah, he's like, we were taken to these planets with no... Sun and then we were taken to some like caves and shit and I was like why do you keep getting t-? that seems like a lot of expensive time and effort to train people on how to run around in the dark if you found one planet that doesn't have any light just build some obstacle courses there you have to go to another planet for the same thing better just you know on a planet that does have light. Build a building that doesn't have windows. Yeah, but no, he had to be like, oh, we were taken to the darkened worlds of Alga and Rifla. We were at Yinbath and Alphanar. Yeah, and then also we went into a cave, the Baktapshi Caves or something. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm like, man, the uh, the amount of time that Jedi spent training to run around in the dark is pretty uh, pretty uh, rigorous, isn't it? That seems to be like a number one thing you were working on. They, they took it to two planets and a bunch of important cave systems for that one skill. Maybe that's why he's got those red eyes. Yeah, he must because he's got the eye shine. That's, yeah, that's what it is. he's shined his eyes up. Yeah, he's a he's a hut and a furian. <laughs> he's he's gonna kill you with his The Chronicles of Baldorion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so well, I can see Vin Diesel playing a hut. <laughs> you just gotta tie his feet together. <laughs> yeah, so you're pretty fine. much you're pretty much done. A muscly hut. That's pretty much what he is already. Welcome to muscle huts. <laughs> I'm all about family and uh, also dancing girls. And by that, I mean crime family. <laughs> all right. So so anyway. Um, there's a room there's that she room, goes to yeah. after remembering this, and it is completely dark except for a light sculpture in it. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just got like a little <laughs> Rotating nightlight in the middle of it. If you if you were worried that that thing was described not described as coruscating radiance and so on a bunch of times throughout the course of the next two chapters, oh worry ye not. Thing is, we have no idea what it is a sculpture of. It is a light sculpture and it sheds some light. Well, either that or it's not a heavy sculpture. I mean, I'm not sure. It could just be that it's you know like a, a sculpture that doesn't have a lot of heft to it. Yeah, but it doesn't describe what it is. Yeah, no, we just know it's made of light. Basically, it's just a light sculpture. Yeah. Kind of like how I have a light sculpture in here that you might just call a light fixture. But not me. Not I. Well, only when you hit that button that makes it start, like, doing different colors. Now, the next scene would be cool if not for the outcome of it. Because she opens up the staircase and, ooh, it's a creepy staircase down to the basement garage. Yeah. And for this, she's like, at least in the, like, antechamber room to get here, There was still a fucking sculpture giving off some light. Like, it was very dark in there, Mm -hmm. but you could kind of make your way through it. Yeah. Here in this stairwell, there is zero light. Mm -hmm. So she has to use her lightsaber as a candle, basically. Yeah, which honestly, that thing is a big old flashlight, so it's going to be pretty bright in there. But uh, she lights up her flashlight, or her lightsaber, which, by the way, is the exact color of sky blue. <laughs> Ooh, my sky walker blue. Blue is the sky. And I was like, doesn't Chorios have an orange sky? Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. She's calling something sky blue I'm when st- you're in a setting that has many different skies. Yeah. But anyway, it's radiant, coruscating sky blue of her lightsaber. Uh, and, and she lights it up, and when you know it, the... As soon as she does, she starts seeing skittering things around the corners of the darkness. Yeah, she's making her way downtown, walking fast, faces past. She's homebound. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I see a thing, and there's there's stuff. And then eventually she's like, oh, there's, there's like, those drocks here. Mm-hmm. But there's also stuff that isn't that that are eating them. Like, there's weird goo slugs on the walls and the ceiling. Weirdly described as short-legged slugs, so as to differentiate them from regular slugs, which are famous for their long legs. Yeah, those long leg slugs. Yeah. Uh, but there's short-legged slugs, and there's also long-legged spiders. And then she gets to a point where, like, right in front of her is a weird crab thing. Yeah, there's like a spider crab that's just sort of hanging out in front of her. And, and it's got, got his eye stalks up, and he's yeah. like, Sup. Yeah, I don't know if it does it talk or does it? No, it, it just kind of looks do, at her. It does describe it as kind of a hooting and moaning in pleasure. Well, yeah, because it eats like it shoots a little uh, hand out and grabs a drock, and the hand then turns from a pincer to a mouth mm-hmm. and eats it, and it's like, mmm, yeah. Oh. oh, fuck, that's good. <laughs> Like any random, like, old lady eating a chocolate thing at a, a cheesecake factory. He's just like, oh, this, so sinful. So, so decadent. Uh, mm. and, I'm bad. <laughs> yeah, it says that it begins to purr in pleasure. I'm like, I don't want to listen to a crab purr. That's no. okay. No, that's that's appropriately creepy. I love the idea that this thing's like, mmm, whenever it eats anything. Oh, yeah. If I that's, watch, that's like, a up. giant crab shoot a pincer out, have the pincer eat a bug, and then be like, fuck my ass, I would be like, all right, well, it's time to go. So it, the uh, the crab's holding her attention when all of a sudden some slugs and crap drop down from the ceiling on top of her and start biting her. Yeah, like there's well, she's a... She's drop bites, too. Yeah, a slug drops down from the ceiling onto her, like, neck slash shoulder, mm-hmm. and it says that it, like, grows weird pincer legs that, like, stab into her, and the fucking crab thing, like, grabs her leg Mm -hmm. and it turns out that there's some sort of like empathy feedback with this because not only does she begin to get weaker like it's draining her and she kind of says that it feels like the death seed plague. Mm -hmm. But when she uses her lightsaber to like cut one off, she can feel it die. Yeah. There's a life connection. Yeah. So as they like sink their bits into her, they, like, begin to share some sort of weird symbiotic bond. Yeah, and the crab gets, uh, after it it hoots and purrs at her, and then it runs away around a corridor. Well, yeah, because she cuts the pincer that's touching her off, and it's like, all right, fine, I'll keep my distance. I'm still going to hoot at you. Yeah, and then she's like, okay, well, fuck this, and then she just kind of runs off. Which is definitely a good reaction. I mean, if, like, weird spider slugs and fucking crabs and nonsense were like, Hey, I'm going to drain your energy and stab you and drop on you from the ceiling. I'd be like, this is the grossest thing ever. I'm leaving. I, I hate this room. But uh, she manages to, like, burn her own arm when she cuts one off because she's using a fucking lightsaber to do yeah, it. Yeah, she doesn't have a very good set of tools for this for this kind of a room. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a ton of gross, very weird, very mutable bugs in here. And they're eating the drocks that are hiding in the corners in the in the pitch darkness. And then also eating her when she tries to get through. Yeah. So when she finally makes it out, she's basically like, collapses into that antechamber room mm-hmm. and has to, like, crawl on hands and knees to the stairway to try and get back to her room. Yes. And eventually gets back in the room, closes the door, and passes out. That's right. That's the end of Chapter 13. We thought there was forward progress, but instead she just went back to her room. Yep, and fell asleep again. Yeah. I mean, there's she learns things. I mean... The problem is, that isn't forward progress of the plot, because we already knew all of this. I, that's like, true. It's, well, her, I didn't know there was a stairwell full of gross bugs. I, that's news. I'm, that's news to me. It's news. Yeah. So there's a stairwell full of gross bugs, and they're probably Drox. And we're starting to learn now that Drox come in a variety of shapes and sizes. Especially because why would anyone import these gross bugs? And Drox are supposed to be like the only native thing to the planet. Yeah. Uh, so there you have it. There's there's drocks come in all kinds of shapes and s- they're like they're like heffalumps and woozles. <laughs> they are in no way different from heffalumps and or woozles. They come in ones or twosles. And if they so choosels, before your eyes you'll see them multiply. Ooh. Yeah. If they so choosels. Mm-hmm. If they so chooseles <sighs> Chapter fourteen. That's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh yeah. Chapter fourteen opens with uh, John. Help me out here. I think it's Luke. Is that right? Nope. Nope. Okay. Luke has very little to do in these. Uh, yeah. 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 That's right. It he is has, once again like a... on Leia. That's right. That's right. And it's just more of her talking about what she saw in the uh, like the sheets she printed out. Yeah, yeah. She's got her flimsy plastic sheets out again, and she's reading through them. And she is remembering to herself, she's like, oh my God, did I fall asleep? What the hell happened? Did anyone find me, or did I make my way back to my room? I think I'm lucky that I hid the paperwork. Yeah, and it, this is when she finds out that, oh, that not only are they using these, uh, whatever it is, like the CCIR crystals to control these uh, synth droids, but they've also got these thing called needles that go out and it's the same shit that we saw, bl- like, try to blow up Han. Yes, yeah. But now fighters, she's found out about it. She knows about the needle fighters. They can fly in hyperspace and they're extremely hard to target or hit. She also thinks to herself, wait, did Dazeem get a hold of me? Because I feel all tired and weak. But she doesn't think of it that way. She goes like, well, if I check my shoulders, I don't see any purple marks that would be where the secretary touched me. And I'm like... No one remembers that Dazeem is the secretary. That's a stupid thing to call him. Well, there's a point where she's uh, getting the information, and she even thinks to herself, like, oh, Legeus said that Dazeem didn't have a head for technology. How does one even get a position as a secretary without that? I'm like, are you really that stupid? That, she knows that you so don't well, know what's going on? You haven't. You've seen several times that he's a creepy bug monster who controls diseases. Yeah, and then you're still like... But what's his words per minute? How would he ever get hired as a secretary? Well that just doesn't make sense. Did he have to start out in the typing pool? Like Leia, come on. Why are you thinking why is Dazima secretary? He is obviously just an evil dude that is employed by him. Yes. Yeah, sec- what is wrong with you? He's secretary in name only. It's just a it's just a name they gave him so like a assign him a paycheck. Ugh But uh, we also find out what's going on with the ship that is being built in Seti Ashgad's place where apparently Ashgad was like, yeah, I, I hear the specs of my cool ship. Oh, it turns the out. Yeah. It turns out that Ashgad is uh, a very old man. We are we pretty much establishing at this point that Ashgad is also Seti Ashgad's father. Yeah. Like he's been the same dude at the same age for forever. Uh, and that also back when he was young, he was a well-known ship designer. Yep. Okay. Great. Uh, so, so, yeah, he's he's designed his own new ship, the Reliant, which has double, triple, baffled shielding internal hulls. Uh, <laughs> she has a, a quick thing where she's like, you know, now that I see this whole evil plan laid out in front of me, I'm so angry at Legaeus. I thought he was nice. How dare he be in league with these people? You're like, uh, okay. There's you- a part where she's like, I will kill them. Uh, she... <laughs> She has a moment where she's like, "Oh, I motherfucker, I'm going to go full dark side on these assholes. I'm yeah. just going to unleash my rage like a thunderstorm, like a rain." And then then she has to be like, "No, wait. That's what Vader would do. That's what Anakin did in that weird dream I had. Oh, it's so terrifying to think that one of my children might have to grow up and choose the light or the dark path. I love that at this point in the stories, they think that Anakin's obviously the one who's going to turn all dark sidey because, like, you know... Because his name's Anakin? his name's Anakin. Except Anakin just dies real young, uh, and uh, he, and it's it's Jason that turns all super evil. Yeah. Uh, but so anyhow, yeah, Anakin's a non-entity. He does not matter to the grand scheme of things in the huh? EU. Uh, at no point did Anakin Solo ever have the high ground. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, she goes through all the work again, finds out all the shit on, like, the ships and the Death Seed going on to all the stuff, and she's mm-hmm. like, all right, take two, here we go. This time, if she realizes that someone has come by and changed the lock code on her door so she can't get out anymore. And she's just like, fuck it, and lightsabers the lock. Yeah, because this time it's now or never. So she's, she lightsabers the lock, and she goes running out, and almost immediately, uh, she comes across a, 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 a Does she do the droid controller first, or does she encounter the, the conversation first? I forget which one happens first. Uh, it's in the same room. So, Seti Ashgad's room okay. has the like brain crystal that controls all the synth droids that Seti Ashgad has. Yes, yes. So, okay. she was like, i got to go in here, I'm going to print out, like, 200 more pages of fucking flimsy blast, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to blow up this crystal. Now, that'll tip my hand, because as soon as I blow up that crystal... Everyone in the palace, because there's basically only three people here. Yeah, and, and two dozen synthroids. Yeah, and they're gonna go. Oh, hey, something's wrong with them synthroids. So as soon as I do that, I gotta get the fuck out right then. Yeah. So she goes in and like prints out two hundred fucking pages. And then it's like, all right, it's time to, oh shit. She didn't even need those pages, by the way. She's just wasting his toner. Yeah. That's just one of, that's her first act of revenge. Ha <laughs> ha, that'll teach you. Now you'll need to buy a new ream of flimsy plast from Office Depot. <laughs> and you'll spend forever trying to decide if you need warm or cool color. <laughs> Do what? I need white or ultra bright white? Should I get recycled flimsy plast or the new stuff? <laughs> Uh, what's the pound paper weight I would like but then she hears basically the door open as she's in the other room mm-hmm. and she like there's a closet door that he essentially keeps this fucking control crystal in yeah so she closes that door mm-hmm. but it's got like little fucking Venetian blind things to it. I have no idea how this door works in the world of Star Wars, but whatever. I do know that a lot of light passes through those Venetian blind things because we get every time she does anything while she's in the closet, we get a description of the light again. Yeah, so. Oh, it's almost of a grainy consistency, John. So she manages to duck in there right as Legaius and Dazim. And Seti Ashgad, who was back two days early. Yeah, he probably never even left. What the hell? This guy's a liar. Oh man, he's just back early. Yeah, he's just back early. Fair well, anyway, it turns out that Legaeus has been captured caught, uh, helping uh, Leia out. No. No? I thought no. I, I thought it was well established that he had let her out early at this point. Is it? Uh- no. What had happened is he had told Ashgad that Princess Leia had been passed out for a day. Oh and had the same symptoms as if she had been infected with the Death Seed Plague. And he was like, I think Dazeem was probably, you know, feeding on Princess Leia, even though you told her or told him not to. Yeah, and Dazeem's like, I wouldn't do that. What the fuck is wrong with you? Look. It's very internecine. Look, I have a fucking brain, okay? I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to do this. Yeah, the whole thing with, with Dazeem is Dazeem is basically mad that people are underestimating him they're like look i know you guys think i'm a weird monster who can't use computers or whatever but i'm smart i can go places i can control a mega plague look motherfucker i know what i'm about okay do not condescend to me yeah and he gets all up in legais's grill he's like how dare you yeah he's super mad that his loyalty being tested Threatens to kill kill uh, Legaeus on the spot, which uh, Seti Ashgad shuts down. He's like, we need this guy. He's a really good hollow faker. That's the whole reason he's here. Yeah, and I, from the closet, uh, Leia's like, man, what's going on with Ashgad? It looks like he's got a what is that? some kind of cap or something on. What's he doing over there? Yeah, and he's got an old cast to his voice. Yeah, he it, sounds very high-pitched and crackled. Yeah, like something's wrong with him. But anyway, they spend some time kind of badgering Legaeus Lige- and threatening him, and and uh, going. there's just a bunch of back and forth between the three of them. Uh, D- Dazeem is calling Legaeus the whiner. Yeah. Uh, eventually, he's like, all right, fine. Look, what we're going to do is I will take you upstairs to see Leia, and you can see what weird dumb bullshit has happened to her. Yeah. So we can find out what is going on. Yeah. Basically, Dazeem's like, look, let's go up there, and I'll prove to you I'm not death seating her. And... Legaius leaves the room, and then the two of them are like, look, you. once we're done with our evil plan dot doc, you can go ahead and do whatever the fuck you want to him. I don't care. But for now, we do still need him. Please do not murder my dude. Yeah, and then Dazim's like, I professionally hate ye, or whatever, and gets ready to try and leave when we get our big super reveal of Seti going, wait, please help. Yeah, so... Leia then gets an actual good look and is like, oh no, it's not a hat he's wearing. He has white hair and he's all old now. How strange. So at this point, we get our big reveal that that Dazim is even grosser than we thought. He's a weird, gross monster. Yeah, because he undoes his robe and opens it. And he's covered in nodules and mouth things and tentacle feeder tube mouths and stuff. Yeah, he's got like these open... Sores with teeth in them that are, like, biting, and he's got little, like, black ooze dripping out of sores and his mouth. He has a weird long tongue. Yeah, and then there's, like, tubes coming out of him and stuff, too. He's just, he's real gross. And they have a quick conversation here at this point, too, where, uh, where you know, he's like, well, did you actually do anything to lay in? He's like, no. Well, did... Could anyone else have done anything to Princess Leia involved in the Death Seed? He's like, no. Who else could possibly have done it? I am the oldest and the most evolved. I am the oldest and most evolved of my kind. There is no one like me. Yeah. So now we pretty much have our confirmation that he is... Some hyper-evolved Drock. He's king of the Drocks. Yeah. So, what happens is... (laughs) Jesus Christ. This is fun to describe. (sighs) So, Seti Ashgad basically... Puts his head to Dazeem's weird, chitinous, mouth-hole body. Like, just puts his head to his chest. And then Dazeem, like, covers him, like, bends over him and covers him more. Yeah. And it implies that Seti is, like... Drinking chest juice. Just fucking going to town on one of those chest holes. He is... Just French in that chest hole as hard as possible. Yeah, and you know, traditionally this is how five hour energy is generated. Yeah. Uh it comes out of the chest of a bug monster. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that black goo that, that comes out of Dazim is normally what five hour energy yeah, is. Yeah, that's how we know it's all natural. It's all na- <laughs> it's it's all natural. Locally sourced. Locally sourced from the from the gaping wound sores of a chest bug. And so he sucks down some chili dogs outside the tasty freeze. Yeah, if you will. And uh he goes to pound town on this guy's chest. Uh, he just gets to first base on mm-hmm. Dazim's chest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then when finally, like, he lets go and they stand up, ooh, his hair's back to being dark, and the old man tone is gone from his voice, and he is younger already. Yeah. I wonder if this is an important thing, that eating drox is a thing that helps preserve life cycle or so on. Because remember, Tasseldo was eating a bunch of drox, too, and so is Beldorian. Like... Do you think that that, uh, Dazim is just the source of concentrated super drock juice? See, for me, I almost want to say that, like, if this book was being interesting, it would go back to that guy who was like, oh, yeah, there was a dude lost in the desert, and he had to just, like, stick his hand in drock holes until they burrowed into him, and he gained nutrients from it. Yeah. I'd be like, it's that guy. He. He had so many Drocs in him all at once that he became more Drock than man. Yeah. Well, oh, you think this guy could have originally been a human? Yeah. I and think so he, he I think absorbed so much Drock energy that he just became part Drock. Well, they mentioned that he's a native of the planet. So I think he's Drock all the way down. <laughs> I, think, I think you can't fool him. He's just, he's just Drock. Um, but yeah, so apparently if you French his chest hole enough, you get to live forever. Cool. Uh, not worth but it. it. But it wears off very quickly because Ashgad apparently... Left and was gone for a day. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, I had to leave immediately after uh, the meeting that he had where he told everyone that fucking... Yeah, the, the Luke meeting from a few chapters yeah, ago. Yeah, the Luke meeting where he told everyone that Leia was a horrible person and wasn't going to help any of them. Yeah. He had to just leave the next day because he was like, oh, I was already getting fucked up. Yeah. So he is very reliant on Dazim to remain young. Yeah. I still think the whole thing—the way Dazeem works is that the Death Seed sucks the life out of people and into him, and then he can feed you some of that life from his chest goops. Yeah, I mean... That's, I mean, it's like... It, it, it could be. I don't know. It's possible. But eventually, the two of them leave to head up to Leia's room, and this is when shit's going to go bad, because she's not in her room. She's been watching this whole dumb, gross spectacle. So the moment that they are gone, she opens the door and lightsabers down the the droid controller thing, and then she then she tries to run. Yeah, because she's like, well, fuck it. They're going to see that I'm not in my room and that I managed to blow up the fucking control, so I may as well do it now or never. Let's blow this up, and mm-hmm. then she just runs. Now, blowing up the crystal apparently didn't just shut off the droids because she runs past a few, and it's basically like they're just walking into walls and have some ability to function but have lost all sentience. Yeah, they're basically just sort of... Some of them have just fallen down where they are. Others are just standing still. They're kind of like wind-up toys at this point. Like, if they were going in a direction, they're just going to keep going that way. Yeah, because she brushes past one. And, boy, when she brushes past one, does she ever have a long thought to herself about them? Uh, Well, that's because this book is only obsessed with synth droids for some reason well synth droids and long thoughts synth droids and long thoughts is my new album coming out soon because she's like oh i feel guilty for turning them off but i feel like that's a that's a vestigial characteristic in my brain because they're made of they have meat all over them so i feel a a kinship with them because they're meaty oh Um, but when i destroyed that crystal would that be like i had wiped c3po or r2d2 oh that would be terrible And yet, and you're like, oh my god, quit having a philosophical debate with yourself as you try to escape. Also, droids get wiped all the time. C-3PO and R2-D2 are oddities in that they don't. Yeah, it's just, it's sad. Yeah. So, she's going to a storeroom because she wants to find anti-grav units. Because her plan now is... All right, if I can't go down the hallway, I'll just take anti-grav units and jump, and they'll anti-grav me. Yeah, so she's, she wants the anti-grav units from speeders. For example, she has noticed that uh, that Steady Ashcat has a very nice, almost brand new speeder outside. Ooh, it's all black It's like and the Rolls Royce of speeders. Hot and sexy. Yeah, it's like a 1928 Doozle speeder or something. Good <laughs> Doozle speeder. so important. Uh, uh, but... Instead, when she gets to the storeroom where all the anti-grav stuff is, there's like one unit, and it's a quarter full. Yeah, and everything else is empty. And she's like, "Well, fuck." Well, uh, one unit's better than nothing. So she ties a string to it and drags it out of the room like a recalcitrant balloon. Yeah. Um, and all, then we get. She has to run past the Reliant, which was under uh, under maintenance by uh, droids. And this is one of my favorite things. So the droids that have fallen down either are empty-handed, or they had big tanks of something called like Shieldy Puff or something. It's <laughs> Shieldy Puff. It's, it, it's. I'm not sure what it's supposed to be. It's. It, it sounds like it. It sounds like they had big tanks full of cotton candy. Mm, man, I want a big tank full of cotton candy. Yeah, it, it, I, I can't remember the specific term it was, but it was. But they they were carrying tanks of it. Whatever it is. I know you're trying to find it, but I'm it's, trying to. But it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, so I'm not sure what that is. I don't know if it's like that's the stuff that powered shields in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> 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 oh no, our shieldy puff reserves are lowering. My shieldy puff. Uh, a- I never start my day without a big bowl of shieldy puffs. I wish I could remember what it actually is. <laughs> Uh, I can't find it. It's, it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. Everything's just, fine. Anyway, she runs past them, runs out uh, past the courtyard, and now she's actually out in the world. But as we remember, this this uh, this castle thing that she's been hanging out in is alone on the Cliffs of Lightning or some nonsense, Ugh. some World of Warcraft-style zone. So she she gets to the edge and realizes that the cliff thing is literal. It's like a 300-meter drop down to the bottom of, of where she's at. Yeah. So she's like, well, okay, if I jump off this with my anti-grav unit, it won't kick in until I'm like three feet from the floor anyway. So I'll probably get splattered against the ground. Yeah, but she then gets, I don't know what the voice is, but she starts hearing this voice that's like, no, nah, it's cool. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You can jump. Everything's cool. Yeah. And she's like, no weird voice in my head. I'm going to die. And it's like, no, nah, dude, just chill. No, you won't. It's okay. Just jump off the cliff. Just just do it. Just mm-hmm. jump off the cliff. Wouldn't it be nice to finally jump off this cliff? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, it sure is kind of a bummer that the first time she gets contacted by the planet, it just sounds exactly like suicidal ideation. Yeah, it's real bad. It's <laughs> like, look, it's fine. If you jump off, everything will be fine. No one will miss you. And you're like, oh no, oh no. Whoa. You should be a little more reassuring, cliff voice, because right now you sound like a like a mental problem. <laughs> you don't you don't sound like a reassuring right cliff. Right now you voice. sound like my brain. <laughs> Take a bath with a toaster. <laughs> that toaster's real lonely. <laughs> so uh so yeah, that's that's not cool. That's not not cool, Cliff voice. Not cool at all. But anyway, she hems and haws on the cliff face for a long time and thinks about Luke and like Seti Ashgad and junk and then Finally jumps. Finally, oh, First, she wraps up the... She has a canister full of something or other? Water. She took the water from her room. Oh, that's right. So she has a canister of water, which she wraps up in a couple of spare shirts she's carrying with her, and throws it off the edge, so at least that won't shatter. This yeah, she's right like, there. all right, I got blankets and a bedroll and whatnot. I just took a bunch of shit, threw it off. Yeah. Her <sighs> plan is to make her way to one of the automated gun emplacements. Yeah, she's uh, like, I'm going to steal one of these speeders, and i could either go... Like, to a town that's about 20 kilometers away, but I'd probably get caught there because that would be where Seti would think I would go. Yeah. But I'll go to this abandoned fucking auto gun turret for some reason? Well, she thinks, okay, here's her thought process. It's one of the gun turrets that's on the planet to shoot down stuff that tries to come to the planet. She thinks all of them are truly automated, that they are just a holdover from a previous era, the Grismaths or whatever. Uh, And and, uh, if she gets to it, it'll just be a big empty building that she can go loot for supplies exactly which you'd doesn't think... make sense to me because you'd be like oh if you could do that then Seti would have just shut all of them down by walking in and shutting them down yeah there's there's something stopping you from shutting them down i don't know what it is exactly but but clearly if he could he would that was his whole deal yeah jesus okay whatever apparently she thinks that these are just big uh electronic storerooms where she'll get a whole bunch of equipment or whatnot yeah. And no one will stop her. But, yeah, she eventually screws up her courage enough and jumps off the cliff with the little balloon thing. Uh, Cut to Luke, Luke. who's like, oh, Leia, Leia, she needs me. Yeah, le- just flagrantly using Force powers. You know he's going to cause a bunch of lightning storms. It's well, no, been this established. Is, this is Force sensitivity. He's ah. open t- to the Force, okay. and he's basically like, oh, this is a uh, this is a call from a while ago. Yeah. And it just got basically put on a hold because of the planet's force nonsense right yeah but it's like maybe a page of information and luke just going oh shit leia's here and she's in trouble man i sure hope i can find callista though that would be great both of them think about callista here it's weird when leia's getting ready to jump off the cliff she's like oh if i jump off that cliff i might die but here's what I think Callista would have to say if I voiced that concern. Yeah, eh. I'm like, huh, how come you're all buddy buddy with this Callista character too? This is, you're really trying to shove this character in, aren't you? Yeah, everyone I'm, loves Callista. I mean, given that we are ooh, real, real close, like two thirds of the way through this book now. Yeah, and Callista hasn't made any sort of appearance, nor has anyone. Really gotten anywhere close to where she is if she's on this planet. No one has met up with anyone else. I kind of hope that the next thing we learn is that Hong went back home. She just went back and he's like, Well, Lando, I decided to go home. I tried. But honestly, the kids have school on Monday, so. You know, I got to get them there. Yeah. uh Anyhow, uh so yeah, he wakes up Leia, because that's the thing that Luke does from time to time. Uh, and then he's like, "Well, she's probably at that mountains of lightning place or whatever. Ooh, maybe I could take Tiselda with me. Wait, Ooh. why would I think that? Wait, hold on, that's fucking stupid. I'm not going to do that. That's a dumb idea. A dumb idea that I had. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? So the what is it? Oh, the end of this. We forgot to mention the end of last chapter." Uh, we got droid business to take care of. Yeah, there's two chunks of droid business that make up these two chapters, and we can just handle them all at once. It's fine. Yeah, so at the end of Chapter 13, we have uh, 3PO has dressed himself up in a cloak and a mask and gloves and whatnot and is going by that Igpec Droon name. Yeah, Igpec Droon. He's pretending to be a human named Igpec Droon by dro- dressing himself all up. Like, like a Sith, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, y- what he really needs to do is just get, like, ten more C-3PO's and make a big stack and pretend to be a Hoden. <laughs> Look, I'm an 80-foot-tall dude. <laughs> <laughs> Let me on your ship, please. Uh, yeah, so he's pretending to be Igpek Droon, smuggler or something. Uh, and he has managed to purchase Passage on board the Zycreen, uh, which is a ship captained by someone named Captain Ugmush. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for 57 credits. And Ugmush is like, well, you know, that's fine. I guess you guys can come aboard. I mean, normally I wouldn't do, uh, like, 57, considering now that the gopsa are attacking and everything's all fucked, everyone has been trying to leave. But we're a Gamorrean ship, and basically we will be the last resort for people trying to get off planet. She's like, fine, fuck it. Yeah, she's a Gamorrean captain uh And she is described as having heavy breasts, and as she has fifteen parasitic morts on her that display her strength my strength uh and then she has a bunch of even stupider than her husbands. I guess Gomorians are matriarchal, and the females are smart enough to be like spacefaring and stuff but the but the husbands are too dumb the husband's too dumb so that's that's a fun thing that we're learning about gamorians uh so she also is like, ooh, I wonder if I could buy that R2 unit off this guy, this weird clanky guy. Yeah, I do love that we are establishing in this book's universe that everyone wants every droid for no reason. Like, okay, we run a weird, shitty Gamorrean ship. We're basically just running around, picking up goods and delivering them, and we're traders. Like, the husbands do the trading, she does the flying, and they've got a human that's the engineer. hmm And they're like, yeah, we just go around doing that. But I want that R2 unit. And you're like, why? Well, obviously, it's because they're free and they can't tell you no. <laughs> but, it's, like, her thought is, I wonder if he'll sell me that R2 unit. And I'm yeah. like... Why don't you, if you want one, just go buy one. Yeah, I don't understand why everyone's so hot for this particular R2 unit. It's just like anytime anyone sees a droid out in the wild, they're just super horny for owning it. They're like, oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just that R2 is like a 9 or a 10 or something. No, but like fucking the dude on the pierce of block was like, shit, yeah, a 3PO unit, you're also coming with me. Yeah, also probably a, a 9 or a 10. The two of them are just high-rated droids. It's It's just weird to me that everyone wants droids the second they see them. and I'm like, even if you're one of those people who's like, oh yeah, no, I I want them, but I want to pay for them. I'm like, you could, they're sold. I mean, is this like I saw someone with a Snickers bar and I'm like, ooh, instead of going to the store and getting a Snickers, I want that dude snickers. Yeah, it's true, especially because that dude had his hold full of, like, artifacts and junk. So he was like, oh, yeah, I'm already a millionaire. I've got, like, millions and millions of credits in the hold. So I- I'm... Yeah, when 3 when fl- people figured it out, he was like, oh, this is, like, 500 million credits Yeah, you Yeah, you're, you're flushed. He was like, yeah, but I probably want to steal some droids. No, why go to the trouble? Because eventually those droid's owners are going to show up and murder you. Yeah, it's just a pain that when they, especially when one's like, no, we're actually owned by someone important and they're going to want us and we've got a mission to do. You're like, you know what? Fuck it. You're not worth the trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason that you don't, if you see a drone going by, you don't try and pull it down with a net and keep it. Ooh, free drone. Yeah. You just you just let it do its frigging thing, you know? Uh Or unbolt a mailbox and take it home with you. You're like, ooh, free mailbox. Yeah. It's just a weird thing that. Everyone in Barbara Hambley's universe is just super horny for droids. And, and specifically just thinks you can just get them. Like, this is the first person so far who's been like, oh, I should probably pay for the droid at least. Well,
1: Everyone yeah, this is, is the first like,
0: time there's been someone that's probably human with one. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, they were just like, no humans around? Free fucking droid. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, so that was at the end of thirteen. It's just them getting on board. Yeah. Now you may have thought, oh, cool, they got off planet. Nope, still on planet in chapter fourteen. Yeah, chapter fourteen begins with an exp- or not it ends with an explosion rocking the uh, the Zikreen, the the ship that that they've they've gotten on board. And she's like, what the hell was that? And and R two is like, oh, I I, I oh Matt, uh, I can C-3PO. Answer that. C three PO C three PO. Thank you. She, he's like, ooh, I can answer that. And then he goes. Oh, wait, I forgot. I am talking like a deep-voiced man-man right now. I am a human now. I'm also walking in the manner of John Wayne, the (laughs) manliest man. Yes, I'm Christopher Lee now. Oh, I've pierced the toast. Now we will see the combined strength of Sauron and Saurumon, and whom I are to. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that you're able to do that, but what you should probably do is, uh, if you're going to do Christopher Lee, is some Dooku. <laughs> Get some Duke? Give me, give like, some... I know any Dooku lines. Uh, just... what, am I, what do I look like, a guy who watches the prequels? Fair enough. But, yeah, they, uh... <laughs> 3PO... Realizes it's a rhetorical question, but apparently Ugmash's husbands don't. So they all go running to the entrance of the ship to be like, Whoa, what is that? Whoa. And then they just get into a big fight because they're Gamorians. Yeah, so they get into a fight with the Gopso'o tribe, which are now. No, like... they just get in a fight with each other. Oh, that's right. They get in a fight with each other. I'm sorry. But the the noise that, from what hit the side of the ship is the ongoing war between the Gopso'o and the Drovian military. Yeah, I mean, when 3PO uh, finally sees outside, like. The place next to them is just on fire. Yeah, there's the fucking fighting, like gas all over the place. The fighting has dramatically escalated, uh, and so the the three Gamorreans are kind of fighting on the on the entrance ladder. And so he goes outside to kind of like try and wrangle them in at Ugmush's directive. Well, yeah, Ugmush goes out and just. Like, Three Stooges slaps them all and is yeah. like, you morons, yeah. Yeah, the you, only you go do a thing. You, yeah. go do a different thing. Yeah. The only reason they haven't left yet is they were like, oh, we said we were going to, like, transport some goods. Yeah, so they're waiting for that. And uh, they go out to go do that, which, you know, 3PO sort of rightly in this case is like, maybe don't. I mean, This fucking place is clearly, on fire. Yeah, very clearly a war on... Uh, but then, all of a sudden, who should he see but the reporter he met a couple chapters ago, Yarbolk Yem, the Chadra fan. Yeah, and he runs in and is being chased by uh, a bunch of the Gopso-O and some other random folk, and he closes the door behind him and he's just running, and 3PO's like, Hey! My dude, get on board! Yeah, so Yarbolt gets runs onto the ship to hide, and then the Gavso come up, and three PO yells like unclean, tiny, hairy journalist, and points in a random direction. Basically, he pulls off the mustache. Which way did they go? New and he's like, uh, he went that way. That way, Kappas. Uh, uh, thanks, much obliged, well dressed droid man. And they go running off in. A different direction, and then just sort of run into the Gamorreans on their way back. Yeah, it, it, it's all very fun in and Colm and, and Columpy and and Columpy. And then basically at this point, uh, mush comes charging through to get back on board her own ship. She's bowling Gamor or, or uh, Gopso tribesmen out of the way, and it, it describes her mort uh, parasites as hanging on for dear life. And then she just gets on board the ship and so do her husbands. And oh, then- and she's got pink hair, by the way. Oh, that's right, she has pink curly hair. Uh, and a uh, and, and pendulous breasts and fifteen parasites. I think it's five, but sure. Is it five morts? I thought it was fifteen. No, I thought they were scattered across her arms and breasts. Fifteen would be a lot. It does seem like a lot because it describes it. It, it very. It's an indicator shows. of how strong you are. That's what it is. She has enough parasites to show her great strength that she can operate with that many parasites. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she gets on the ship, locks it all down, orders for takeoff, takeoff starts to happen. Orders for takeout, yeah. takeout shows up. Uh huh. She gets some takeout, she gets some Thai food. Uh, but yeah, she's just bullying her husband around. It's like, you idiot, go over here. You other idiot, go over here. Hey, fucking human, get this thing up. So the, the ship starts. Oh, and R2's helping. Uh, R2 knows how to take off any old kind of ship, so he goes up to try and try and help out. Uh, then Yarbulk comes up to talk to 3PO and thank him for the rescue. And when uh, Ugmash sees him, she's like, oh, hell, who let this idiot on? Didn't you guys know he is wanted? Uh, he's wanted in seven star systems? Oh, not 12? Man, he's got some work to do. Yeah, he's got to catch up with uh, Dr. Evazon if he wants to be a famous weird-faced murderer man. Yeah, if he wants to show up and bully people around in random bars. Yeah, and then eventually have a story where he's like Dr. Frankenstein in a special walrus castle. Yeah, ah, uh, the special walrus <laughs> castle. <laughs> Special Walrus Castle is my favorite Leonard Cohen song. <laughs> good. Uh-huh. That was a good one. Thank I like that. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, that's the end of the chapter. Is is uh, She's yelling about Yarbolk, but Yarbolk so far has been pretty harmless. Yeah, and like I said, we're over, I think, two-thirds of the way through at this point. And I'm just going, man, you can't throw... Like a side plot with a journalist that's wanted in Seven Systems now? Come on, man. Don't do this. This is just like when we read Crystal Star. It's like the book takes place in the last three par- uh, chapters. Yeah, it's just every time something happens, like, hey, did you know that over here Scooby Doo's running around? I'm like, I don't. It's it's the thing where they teach authors to write the end of the book first and then write the beginning of the book and append it to the end of the book and then write 10 more chapters of garbage and put those in front of the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they teach authors nowadays. That's that's how you do it. Uh, Uh, So anyway, uh, that's what's up. That's what's what's happening in the world of Planet of Twilight. But we have at least gotten a little forward motion. Leia has, if not exactly escaped yet, she is at least escaping. She has jumped off a cliff. And the droids are now off-planet because at least the fucking ship took off. Yeah, they bought passage to Cyblock 12, so at least they're probably going there. Uh, we don't I, know what the fuck is going on with Han and Lando. I don't know what Cyblock 12 is. Uh, someplace, I don't know. I think there may be, maybe there's a rebel base there or something. Hopefully not, everyone's not dead of the Death Seed plague there. <sighs> uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's what's up. Yep. So Who knows what we'll see next time. Luke still just sort of hanging out but I think he's gonna at least next time we see him try to figure out where Leia is and go there maybe the two of them will finally meet maybe we'll give it another four chapters and maybe it'll happen we'll certainly hope so yeah given another 60-70 pages maybe someone will meet up well, in the meantime, why don't you give us another sixty or seventy dollars? <laughs> yeah, why don't you pledge for about sixty or seventy dollars? I was speaking to each person individually in that. John. Yeah, all I want our, each person wrestlers. to individually pledge sixty or seventy dollars. Oh, 2 dollars will do you. If you, but pledge, sixty or seventy would be better. Yeah, well, yeah, yes, but I'm not. <laughs> yes, and I'm not that. Okay, yes, and I'm Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so and, and I'd like to watch a movie today. <laughs> oh no, I have to sit behind you in this crowded theater. <laughs> I believe I'll wear my hat because I'm the president. I will, I will wear the, the, the tallest seat. hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stovepipe hat on an actual stove. <laughs> it's actual pipes. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, go to Patreon.com/slash/SystemMastery and support us if you want. If you do so at the $2 level or above, you'll unlock Star Wars bonus content, including an episode after every episode of Expounded Universe, where we go to Wikipedia, we do a fun deep dive, we find interesting information about Star Wars for you, and then we tell it to each other and, and to you, the listener. Yeah, and that includes this A Here episode right now. That's right, every single time. We do it every time. It means you have 2 bucks a month. Actually, it comes up to about 4 bucks a month, because it's, it's all very convoluted. But assume $4 a month. We'll get you four episodes of this show. Yeah, plus it gives you uh, a couple episodes of System Mastery. Yeah, you get more bonus that way, too. And if you go up to $5, you get our monthly afterthought and access to our sweet secret channels on the Discord. That's 10 bucks a month on average for seven more episodes on average if you go to that $5 level. And if you go to the $60 or $70 level, I'll uh, I congratulate you. I I'll give you a free Dice. Uh, what like one dice? One I mean, dice. I won't because shipping is insane. I never. Understand well, I mean, how if they're at the sixty or seventy dollar level, you know what? I'll send you a die. <laughs> <laughs> You I mean, go a month at $60 level, fuck it. You get a die. I mean, I, sure. I mean, if you, wanted, if you want to be the one responsible for that, a, yeah. month, a month at $60, we will send you some dice. Sure. A die. A die. One dice. One die. And, and it, now at the $70 level, oh, you get two dice. Also, it's not, it's not like a System Mastery branded die or anything. It's just some die we found. We'll, <laughs> we'll send you some dice we found. I got a bunch of old GW scatter dice. I understand that they don't use those anymore. So, so how about that? Let's just get rid of some of those for you. Uh, anyway, we, uh, we got stuff like that. We are going to go record that right now, which should be super fun. You better believe it. It's going to be ultra fun. And then we'll see you in a week with more of this fun Star Wars content. You're goddamn right. Go find us everywhere that fine System Mastery is sold mm-hmm. on Twitter and Facebook and whatever. We're always System Mastery at everything. Yeah, you can find us anywhere at any time as System Mastery. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I've been Nelan Bagiano. And I love Drock Sticks. There it is.